Just as a quick reminder, this is part two of this wonderful conversation Hallie and I have had here. Uh, if you missed part one, go back and listen to it, please. And maybe you've already listened to it twice. Maybe you need to listen to it a third time. But enjoy part two uh, of this wonderful conversation. Hey, everybody. I'm Adam Hergenrother, and this is Business Meets Spirituality, where we believe in personal growth through business success. I am joined by my chief of staff, Howie Warner. This is part two of the episode about casting the vision for your life. In part one of this episode, we defined what it meant to cast the vision and how to create a vision that aligns with the most authentic version of yourself. We talked about why it's essential that you're okay with your own nature and your vision because often the rest of the world isn't just going to just get your vision. They're just not going to get it. You have to explain it to them, right? So today we're going to go deeper into that. We're going to jump into how the mind will try to derail you from living out your vision and your mission, right? And what you can do to really overcome that. So here we go, picking up from where we were last week. But in theory, if you're living in alignment, you're going to ultimately be more fulfilled. Well, you, 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 you will, because yes. you're, again, you're the whole point of, of you coming into taking this physical body is to align your nature with nature's mm-hmm. nature. I mean, somebody created you, right? But people don't do this. I think cause they're scared. They're, they're scared. scared. The answer. That's why, that's why yeah. I said, number one is you have to, you, if you can't get past number one of being yeah. okay. And, and here's the slippery slope of the mind. And we'll go down that path a little bit is your mind is going to tell you what, what almost an opposition of everything you're taking. Because remember, there has to be separation. The only way for the ego, let's just recap this. You have the id, let's just kind of go back to psychology for just a quick second. There's the id, right? That's just the animal body. It starts from birth. Everyone has it. It's like this animal instinct where we all have it, right? We have these impulses. You're not your impulses, but they're having the id, right? Then you have the ego, which is the kind of, it starts to develop around three or four and it starts to start putting place in reality to the animal body, right? It starts kind of having these, just kind of connecting reality to you, right? And then there's the super ego, which is the moral compass. It's kind of keeping you in line so that you don't just, you get an, you get an urge to go punch somebody in the face and you don't do it, right? Like everyone has those urges, right? Mm-hmm. Like that super ego is, in, is kind of controlling that mechanism so you can exist in society and kind of move on because all of these crazy urges for all different things, right? The shadow side to all this, and that develops around five or six and it just happens, right? There's no stopping any of that. So that's part of the process of being here. And so what happens is, is when the shadow side of this is there has to be separation, from you who's in there to the ego itself and just kind of combine ego and super ego to the super ego, by the way, the way I think about that is it's the, it's almost like the, the top I've heard it explained to me is like, it's the voice of God. If that makes sense. It's like the stronger voice than you. It over, it overtakes you and you start listening to it. Is it like the voice of that re- says, reason? No, it can be, but the shadow side to it is like, it's the voice of you should have done a better job. You need to be going doing this. You should be over here working. You should be over here. You know, you should have done a better job. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't be eating that food. You should, that's that voice that overcomes. It's no longer in alignment with kind of regulating or modulating the animal instinct to the reality. It's gone way beyond that. And that's when we've become addicted to it is because we're just, we think that is real. And we think that that superego, that's their design to allow us to interact. And again, like the modulating between reality and the animal instinct, but we start becoming that. And that's the, that's when people call the dreamlessness. That's just, the, that's where people go into dreamless state. And so waking up is when you start waking up from realizing that you're no longer this ego that exists because the only way the ego survives is through human 
form. Once so, then what are you? Are you the id or are you the you know, any of those, okay. you're, you're the spirit that inhabits that, but then the, the, there's the id, that's the physical body, okay, the animal okay. body. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. And then there's the ego, which kind of regulates the reality. And then there's super ego. That's the kind of the voice that talks to you. Yes. Right. And it's just a different way of saying it. And that's how psychology, I think Freud said all that. Right. And so and then just kind of putting it in perspective, but if you, if you, when you start listening to that voice and you're scheduling your ego or scheduling ego, when you're creating your vision, that voice will tell you. And if you're not aware of it, that's why I'm pointing this out, because if you're not aware of it, it's going to walk you away from trying to be your nature matched with nature mm -hmm. because it does not want you to, because the minute you are matched with nature, your nature is matched with other nature. It no longer has a prominent role in your life. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't need that. Super you don't need it. And it still doesn't go anywhere. So people don't think when you, when, whether you reach enlightenment or awakening, whatever experience you want to have, the ego doesn't go anywhere. So the only way, the, the only time the ego goes away is when you physically, your body dies. That, that point, the, the ego, super ego kind of go way. Right. But you don't, you're the imperishable being that just never goes anywhere. But that, that super ego will walk people off of their authentic self. And just cause the, it's, once you become aware of this, you just, you, you realize that it's just, it's, it's so weird that people just listen to that voice. Imagine if you took that, you're sitting down here, you're writing your vision. It goes, well, you can't do that. And you go, oh yeah, you're probably right. I can't like you're and like you isn't just literally answering the, the super ego. Mm -hmm. And remember it needs to be in conflict. It needs to be separate. That's it's, it's number it, it's, it's nature, by the way, if you think about that, it's authentic self, the ego is to be separate from you. Cause the minute you align all of that with it, it again, it just, it no longer plays that part. And so when you're creating your vision, you have to be very aware that this voice is going to try to get you to be in opposition from your natural self. And so the reason why spiritual growth or, or personal growth is so difficult, I heard on Oprah, I was listening to her the other day and she made a comment. She was like, and she was doing an interview. I think it was with Michael Singer. She was doing an interview with somebody. And she goes, man, this personal growth thing is just so damn hard. Just every day you're having to work on this. And she said, it, and then she started crying just to the point where she was just like, it's just so hard. It's, and you just want to give into that voice, right? You just want to, because it's such, it's so, and that's the, that's the part of this is it's very difficult to live your authentic self, but that's also why it's, Jesus Christ is still talked about today because he did. And it's so rare for beings much more rare now or, or much less rare now as spiritual advancement has taken places, but like it's, it's, it's more people are wearing that and are doing that, right? You're seeing it everywhere. Yes, yes, for sure. But when you're creating your vision and you're kind of lost with this, the reason why you're lost with this is because you're not in touch with your nature. That's matched with nature. And the reason why you're not in touch with this is because you're listening to this voice, narrating your life for you, telling you what to do. And that's the superego. The superego is the one who's constantly telling you why you can't do these things. So you don't fight it. You don't resist it. You don't love it. <laughs> you don't even meet it where it's at. All you do is just accept that it's there. That's the surrender word that people get lost with. That's the, just the acceptance. And once you do this, it, it ignored guests quickly leaves, right? It just, it's, it doesn't mean it's gone. It just goes away because it doesn't have a role anymore. And then all of a sudden you start to be seated in what they call the seat of self, because that ego can no longer with words talking to you can no longer pull you out of that alignment with nature or i.e. that sense of self or that seat of self when you're strengthening the seat of self the ego still exists and you may hear it rumbling it's just soft 
right now when people hear that, even like when they're the last five minutes and they've heard me talk, I'm sure their mind has gone crazy of saying that's wrong. That's not right. That's that right. Or yes, that is right. That is right. It does either way is you're still listening to it. Whether it's agreeing with me or not agreeing with me, you're still listening to it. Well, I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, but I, would you say that the majority of people, there is no separation between Oh, absolutely. At least to themselves, right? Yes. There is no separation when they hear the ego that, that they're like, that's me. You know, I, somebody said, well, what is, what is, you know, and this person has done a lot of spiritual work and they said, Adam, can you explain to me what waking up means in your terms? And the, and the best way I've kind of learned to describe this is, or an example is, you know, when you're sleeping and you're dreaming, mm-hmm. while you're dreaming, that feels completely real, doesn't it? Yes. It just feels real. The only way it doesn't feel real is when? When you wake up. Exactly. Although even sometimes when you wake up, you still feel like, that. yeah, but when you, the minute you wake up, it's like you, you moved away from a different dimension right, of yeah, your being, yeah. right? You, you have this dream state, you're in there dreaming and it feels so real mm-hmm. and everything about it's real. Then all of a sudden when you come into consciousness and wake up from that dream, that's o- only then do you actually realize that it was a dream. The same thing with actual spiritual awakening is when you tell somebody spiritual awakening, they go, I'm awake. What are you talking about? Walking around. The only way you ever realize that is to experience yourself waking up from this dreamless state that you're in consciously, consciously, constantly, constantly, consciously, (laughs) all that. Right. (laughs) But the minute you have one experience of that, the minute you just imagine if you were sleeping because you already know this, you sleep and you have a dream and you wake up and you go back to bed, you know you're dreaming because you've had the d- differences. If you've never woken up and somebody says, wake up, you go, I'm dreaming, I am awake, I can experience this. But it's not until you actually have the direct experience of waking up, can you actually separate yourself from that? Waking up in this spiritual sense. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's waking up to a different dimension of consciousness. And that's all that it's still, you can still access all of that. You can still access the ego. You can still access all of your emotions. You can still see everything the way you see it. It's just waking up is a different context of this. And by the way, when you wait, when you, when you have that experience of waking up, you kind of go in and out. There's a whole path of awakening. We don't have to go into that now, but as you do, that's when this, there's a calling your, the minute you have this one glimpse, your entire life changes its direction to be much more authentic much more in line with nature, then your vision becomes absolutely crystal clear Mm. because once it's, because you're no, it's not even like your vision, but it is your vision because it's just your alignment with nature and it's just moving down the road. I mean, if you jump in a river, when a boat and the river's flowing downstream and the boat is bringing you down there, the river is bringing you downstream. (laughs) Yes, you're paddling and going with it, but it's still bringing you downstream. It's the same thing here. When you're in a line with your nature, it's just you're in the river flowing. And all you got to do is just to make it go a little faster. You just start pedaling. You don't- what, what happens when you run into a fallen tree or a dam or there's a fork in the river? Well, if you want any one of those are just challenges that we have in life. Okay. Right. And they're just there's challenges. The fork in the road. If you're in alignment with it, there's going to be a natural calling to which where to go. It's not even going to be, it's not even, a, it's not even a decision that you even have to make because it's just made for you. It's just, it's flowing. It's like, does water, which way does water go around a rock that's blocked? Right. It just picks its way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like think about which way I'm going to go around this rock. It just finds a way around it. And it's the same thing with your life. As you're going through these things, all these challenges are going to show up. doesn't mean you don't take them on head on, but it's just, you're going to be doing it and you're going to go through these challenges from a different perspective, from a different place, from a different part of you, that's going to be experiencing it differently. You make it sound like we don't have free will. Well, you do have free will because you have the, fr- the ability to listen to an ego. 
You have the ability to listen to the superego. You have the ability to not. Okay. Tell, tell me more about that. Well, it's like you can, you're choosing, a lot of people are choosing to listen to the voice inside their head. You don't have to. Unconsciously, but yes. Yes, or consciously. I mean, if you're listening to this, you've probably listened to some of our podcasts before, and this isn't an uncommon conversation that we have. And so you've been aware of it. And it's just, are you willing to do the work to do, to get out of it? It's hard. It's a very difficult. I mean, spiritual growth or personal growth is not easy. It's that people get fall in love with this vision of how they think enlightenment will be or how spiritual growth or personal growth will be, but it's really not what they think. That's again, just your mind extrapolating some future vision in your mind about how life should be. It's still the wrong way. Let me just ask this question and then yes. we'll go back to vision. Cause now I'm like, I, I got to think about this. So you gave the analogy of going down the river, right? And if there's a, if there's like a fork in the river, you don't even have to make a decision. Life will just carry you in the right direction. Well, you have to make a decision. But you, but the decision you, will be made though. said that you didn't need to make a decision. And that's where I was like, okay, so now we don't have free will. <laughs> well, thank you for asking. I mean, in, the reality is, is you're still making a decision. Okay. You're, the decision is effortless though, because you're, it just comes to you. Because it's that inner knowing yes. and that guides you. The best way I can give this is like, have you ever been like in an, and like, I know you were sports when you're playing, you know, in high school. Yes. When you're playing sports in high school or even skiing now or golfing, when all of a sudden you're skiing, there's a tree in front of you, you naturally just move one way or another. Okay. Fair. Yes. Right. You just do. You just move. Yeah, it's instinctual. It's, yes. It's, yes. And that's what I mean. You're still, you're, you're still making the decision to go left or right to avoid the tree. Right. So it's just, but you're not thinking about it. Okay. And that's why athletes always say like this flow was amazing. Yes, of course it was because it was the first time in your life. You haven't been listening to that mind. <laughs> yeah. But then I all, I don't know if this has to do with free will or not, but I'm thinking about sports. Um, cause I played lacrosse and I'm thinking, yeah, totally in the flow, right? You know, you just know where to go and you know how to score and all that stuff. But you, but that was also learned. I had to learn how to play that sport. Those athletes had to learn how to play football or whatever it is. So where's the difference between that knowing the flow and the learning. Well, there's not, we still have to learn inwardly. You still have to learn about personal growth. That's why we're having this podcast. That's why I have these conversations. It's all about learning. Well, you still have to learn business. You still have to learn. Yes. You have yeah. to learn everything. You still have to learn all those things and they can be applied, right? Like if you're, you know, like you wouldn't be able to score if you didn't have a, how to handle the, the stick. Right. Or, or, know, if, or know the rules of or the know game. the rules of the game. You still got to learn all those things. But when you're actually having the direct experience of the game itself, mm -hmm. it just comes alive right. and you flow with it. That's the same thing. Building a business, you learn about leadership, you learn about behavior, you learn about yourself, you learn about how to lead people, how to communicate properly, how to write an email. You learn all those things, but in the moment, those are just tools to help you aid the direction that life is bringing it. And I don't mean life like you're just sitting back packs, like lackadaisical. People think that when I say that, it's like, just like you're just passivity. It's got nothing to do with passivity. In fact, it's the exact opposite of it. Yeah. It just makes it sound like that when you're like, yeah, you're just in a canoe floating down a river. Yeah, no, it's that. I know that's why he, or even surrender sounds like that. Yeah. Surrender. People yeah. get so like caught up. I did originally. Actually, yes. I remember you, you, and the I first conversation I brought up surrender time. for a while. You that go, pissed me off. it did. You're like this surrender word. Just, you can't yeah. use it at him. Yeah. I'm like, I don't buy into surrender. <laughs> yeah. And it, cause it's not like you're, it's again, if you're being chased by a lion, you're like, okay, I surrender. I lay down. And that's what people think about. That's their right. conditioned mind telling them that. Right. Or to me again, it, it goes against my, um, belief that I'm the captain of my own ship. Yes. You know, um, but who tells you that you are? I tell myself. Exactly. That is the ego telling you that you're the captain of your, it's not, it's still not even you. <laughs> okay. No, seriously. Right. Like, how do you know how, who's, t why do you even have that thought? Because somebody's telling you, you have free will. 
that is the superego. That is the ego itself. Okay. All right. It is it telling you, no, you have free will. And you go, yeah, you do. It's a shape shifter. Are you shifter. saying we don't? No, I'm not saying we do or don't. Okay. I'm not even going to begin to have that yeah. conversation. Yeah. All I'm saying is when you're, when you're listening to it from good, bad, or indifferent, you're still listening every moment you're listening to that, that voice instead of being in the flow or in alignment with nature. Your nature matches that nature. My nature is being the captain <laughs> of my own ship. <laughs> exactly. Which means letting go of the ego. Yeah. It means letting go of that. It means waking up. It means, and then when you do that, then you go build the biggest business. Then you go and be the best mom or father or, you know, the best friend or sister or whatever it is you can be. You just, you just, and at some point you just, you, you start to just contribute to the world with your nature. And literally when I mean contribute, like you don't wake up thinking about, I'm going to go contribute today. You just mm-hmm. do it because there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. It's literally like, that's the best way I can describe it. It's like when you get to a certain stage, you contribute because there is nothing left to do, but to contribute. Yeah. Saying there's is nothing left makes it feel like there's a deficit of some port. It's it, point to me. It's almost like there is, um, oh gosh, I don't know the right way to explain it, but like, that's just, um, not that there's nothing left, but that there's just no other way to be. Yes. That, that's a good way of saying it. Like yeah. you've reached the point of understanding that I'm not that voice inside my head that always has a different, like, Oh, you need to be this and you'd be that or constantly talking to you. You wake up from that and then it just, you become in alignment with it. And then just, you just become in alignment with it. Mm-hmm. Therefore you just become in alignment with it and you just act from that alignment. Right. There's no like having to sit and think one of my, you know, I heard Michael Singer. I always like listening to people, you know, back 15 years ago and then listening to him today because mm-hmm. obviously their spiritual advancements have happened so much. And it's great because and even my own is from when I taught in 2010 to or <laughs> 2000 to yeah. it is today is, is just the spiritual advancement. And the same thing, even just in history, you know, what's really fascinating is if you actually read the old Testament, the old Testament even has this story about Moses talking to a burning bush. But the really interesting thing about this is Moses was talking to a burning bush and they were separate. I mean, it was, it was Moses was talking to the bush and the bush was giving him orders and he carried it out. Forget whether it's true fact or different. That's just the story, how it goes in the new Testament. Jesus was the burning bush. Mm. You see that spiritual advancement, even in the Testaments, the old Testament to the new Testament has this, this spiritual advancement. It doesn't mean one's right or wrong. It just means the advancement of that. And that's the same thing for you is for any of our lives. We have this advancement that happens with it, which is just fascinating. I lost my train of thought. What I was even going to say, I, I honestly don't, remember. but it was a good thing. But here, yeah. here's the, um, here's the, so let's do this. The reason why I bring all that up is yeah. because it's, it's one of the most important conversations you can have about vision, because if you're, if you're living the vision from what your mind tells you, which is why we wanted to go deep in this conversation, it's not really your vision. And you could go build a billion dollar company and you could have the best family, but you're still going to be unfulfilled mm-hmm. because it's not you. It's not your purpose or your nature. You know, I hear, I heard Hugh Jackman say when in in his interview, he said, I wake up every day. Like if I have any fear, it's not living the purpose from God. And that's what I think is a great way of saying that is like he asked. So he, one of his prayers every day is that I just live my, my, my essence, or I forget exactly how he said it, but the same thing we're saying, my nature is in alignment with nature. And that's Mm -hmm. what he wants to do. You know, Glennon Doyle, um, who wrote Untamed says something almost, I think this is how I interpret it almost identical to that, which is, you know, she, for so long. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a writer, yes. I'm an author, like all of these things. And then, but those are all identities that can be taken away from mm-hmm. you or can be given to you. Right. And so she said that at, at one point she just decided if she's going to ex- explain who she is, all she says is I'm a child of God. 
Yeah. Um, whatever God means to you. Right. Like, yeah. And that's just how she's like, that can't be taken away from me. That can't be given to me. That's just who I, that's just who yes. I am. Yeah. You're a spiritual being. Yeah. Spiritual beings are child of God. Anything, any way you want to look at that. I was going with that whole old Testament, new Testament thing is because it's, uh, um, not as lost spiritual journey. Yeah. It was just, I forget what I was going to say, but so you like to listen to people from 15 years ago to today. Yes, so, exactly. Because there's spiritual advancement that yeah. happens in their life. And one of the things that Michael Singer said was, um, you know, 15 years ago, it was a different conversation than it was today. It's like, this never ends. This entire journey is just so much deeper than you could ever imagine. And just always the growth. There was something else I was going to say there, but I forgot. So the point that I think it's, we're kind of going back to this about how it's really important to understand these differences. Even if you've listened to this far, then you've, you have a concept for what that is. So what I ask you to do and what you should just explore don't take my words for it. Don't think that they're true or not true, right? I don't, it doesn't matter if you believe them or not believe them. I just want you to be curious for yourself. That's the introspectiveness, right? That's the inner work that you're doing. And that's all I, that's all I want you to orient yourself from this conversation is to go in there and you take your two hours of time blocking to sit down and go, what is real with me? Is this really real or is this his voice that's telling me? Is it really real? Why does it feel this way? Because if you're not feeling that that nature, it's just because you're still listening to something that's not there. So just impl- explore it for yourself. Now, what I also want to do is talk about the difference between vision and goals. Mm, so how yeah. do you see that difference? Because I think so we've, we've covered vision, right? Yeah, vision to me is like that, is that knowing, is that truth, is the, that if you first have to figure out for yourself and then you articulate to your family or you articulate to your your um, employees, you articulate to the community, whatever it is, right. To, to get people to buy in, to get people to follow your vision, um, to, um, to get people on your journey, to help realize your vision, right. To me, that's vision, um, is that imaginative Mm -hmm. thing that, um, is personal and purposeful for you. And which purposeful means you're living it out every day. You're embodying yes. in every one of your actions as best as you can. Look, we're all going to slip up, mess up, right? Yes. And that's fine. But you just, you, then when you slip up, you go back to living it, embodying it and taking responsibility for it, right? Yeah. And moving it forward. Yeah. And, and I don't know if this, we always talk about bringing everything back to a number. To me, the vision is like the one thing that does not require a number. It's really a, in a bigger, it's an idea that is beyond you. Yes. Um, an idea, a concept, a... I mean, I guess that's the best way to say it is an idea or concept that's, that's bigger than you, that inspires action. Yeah. So then you go and you say, okay, well then I have my vision. Mm -hmm. Then people get, they can confuse and they go, well, I need a 30 day plan to accomplish my vision. So you can, you can break down your vision. Like you have a large vision of saying, let's just use a sales number. I want to do $80 million in sales in 2021. Right. And you would think that's a vision. No, I'm just saying okay, like, that's okay. like, that's a part of my vision to like, so the vision, again, I think this is really important. Just it's a good question to ask is your vision is exactly just, it's imagined. It's not a number necessarily. So let's use Google. Google is just to organize, at least it was, I don't know if it's yeah. a list to organize the world's information. Do you know what Alphabet's vision is? Cause I'd be curious, curious, no, but we should, we should find out what that is. We can put it in the show notes. Yeah. But let's just use that one as yes. an example is to organize the world's information There's no number there. There is no number. And how the hell are you going to get there? Exactly. Right. So then they have to work backwards on their goals. Yes. With their goals. So how does the from because you've done a lot of goal planning. So how does the in fact, we were just going over that yesterday. In our yes, super emails. I love goals. Yes. So how do you take the vision from, say, me? Right. And, and do a good job of pulling it out of me or and then breaking that down actually into goals so that people so people know what they do every single day. Cause sometimes in your vision, you're so clear that you're embodying it. People are attracted to that. And then they go, all right, I love this. I love where we're going. I love your, your philosophy, your, your, your mission in life, whatever all those things are, but what do I do? 
How do you break that down? Well, I feel like there's so many different ways, um, so many different ways to do that. And for us, it, um, and I guess it would be like Alphabet would probably do the same thing is then you have this bigger vision, which is, um, to, cr- I, I feel like our vision is like kind of twofold. It's to, it's, um, personal growth through business success and creating a world large. And that's yeah. kind of like our external one for yeah. our, our customers or our consumers. And then internally, we've got this vision of creating this world large enough where anybody can fulfill mm-hmm. their um, goals and succeed within that world. Yes, And that's a little bit more of the one I focus on simply because um, I'm working with our team, right? Yeah. And, our, and our employees, I want to make sure that they are hitting their goals within our world. Well, if that's the big vision, because if they're hitting their goals, they're hitting their clients' goals and serving the client, and they're serving the whole personal growth mission along the way, exactly right. Um, So then it's working backwards across every single organization. Well, if we're creating a world large enough where there's more opportunity for everybody to succeed within it, um, Hergenrother Realty Group is a great example. We had these conversations with our COO, and she's, or actually, she's now our president. Yes. she's working on, okay, more opportunities for our team members. We're going to go work on a more, we're going to go work on creating a mortgage company. And then we're going to go do um, some investments over here. So those are like the things. Mm-hmm. And we have specific goals and specific transaction numbers to hit um, because we want to be able to give profit share back and all of those things that f- help fulfill the overall vision of creating this world large enough where anybody who enters it can succeed. Exactly. And for like an app and, and Google's thing of organizing the world's information, right? They're like, okay, well then how do we do that? Right. And so they just break that down. That may be hundred thousand employees to get there, to be able to do that type of thing. Right. Right. And, and what products exactly. do we need to, and then when do the products roll out? And then um, how many do we need to sell to hit, how, to reach this number, number of consumers? And yeah, you just start working backwards. Yes. And so the, the cool thing about that is, is I think a lot of people understand goals and they're very clear on that. Yes. Um, a couple tactics on this. I think yearly goals are fine. They're like this big number, yeah. but I'd really work on quarter goals and Absolutely then break agree. it and really break it down to 30 day Agreed. goals, which then are really measured on a weekly basis. Yes. hundred percent. I think people need to hear that because you know, you have these yearly budgets or yearly goals, and then your goals should be forecast your budgets. And when people always say is like, okay, well then we have this allocation of expense. I said, yeah, as long as our revenue numbers being hit, mm-hmm. there's not just one or the other. So they all have to be hit. But the thing is, is goals are, are just built on assumption on assumption on assumption. And I, I bet most people who started off in 2019 writing goals out for 2020, <laughs> they're, they look completely different, good, bad, and different. They're just, they look different than what they yes. are. The months are probably up and down yes. from what they are. Or, or on the, on the flip side, the goal could still be there. They just had to completely shift how they went about, achi- about yes. achieving that goal. I, I know for us, we, we're still on track to hit our goal, I think. And exceed we're, we're, it. And exceed it, yes. Yeah. And, exce- and exceed it. However, we definitely had to employ lots of different strategies yes. to get there yeah. this year. Which you always are going to do. And it's kind of like yeah. a forced disruption, right? Yeah. I always like to look at my, from a business sense, that if, if, if something external is going to disrupt my business, then I'm going to, uh, I think of it as like, like I want to stab myself so I can control the bleeding. Meaning I'm going to go disrupt myself first before anybody else can disrupt it. So the first sense I see that we're in a war, like a, you know, not like a yeah, real yeah. war, but like, um, I'm watching the movie hundred right now on Netflix with my kids cause it's TV 14. It's one. like, it's pretty funny, but they're always just in the war. So I just had that image of them going to war last night. I just watched it last night. Anyways, 
the when you go into like this not really war, but you're, when you're going into it, you have to, I'd rather just stab my own business and control the bleeding and be able to figure it out. And we've done that in all of our organizations whenever we needed to. Yeah. I was going to say a good example. You get ahead of it. Yeah. A good example, I think was last year as we were going into tip, typically our slower months in mm -hmm. real estate. What did you do? You sat down and said, um, we are going to cut our budget by, I don't know what it was, 10,000, $10, $20,000 per month. And they figured out a way Yeah, and they did it. Yeah. Um, and that actually set us up tremendously well for 2020, yeah. which we had no idea was going to happen. Yeah, it did. And it's, you kind of see it, whatever it is. And, or, or even some of our larger organizations, we changed entire compensation plans for people knowing that for the next 18 to 24 months, it was going to cut our profits in half, but we knew that we'd come out of it. And we finally are on the other side of that. Now mm -hmm. it's about, it took about 18 months to get past mm -hmm. it. And we knew that it was going to happen, but I saw it and you could see it before anybody else did it. We moved ahead and did it. Yeah. And by making these moves, it hurts, but you're in control of the hurt. The part that you don't want to get to when you don't want to pivot is when you're forced to move because of something external, like yeah. a government intervention or, you know, government shutdown, right? Yeah, or, yeah. you know, you are competitor comes in and it's too late to change because you're too far. And now they're just undercutting you, right? Well, it's reactive or Blockbuster and, and, you know, Netflix, right? Blockbuster, yeah. nobody's going to take this out, right? Well, think about that way. And now look at Blockbuster, right? So it's just in, but other companies saw that and then took it like one. Walmart, for instance, right? Walmart's profits have surged in 2020. But a few years ago, with all these on with Amazon, all these things, Walmart faced itself that we have to pivot massively if we were going to want to compete in this new marketplace. Even uh, uh, Best Buy, by the way, mm -hmm. Best Buy has surged in these yes, things. Yes. And, and, and while all of these other box stores are going out of business, Best Buy is, is just as big as a box store, but they pivoted. They, they cut themselves. They slashed their, you know, their legs so that they could control their bleeding. And then now this year they've surged. Well, and they had, I think specifically what they did a couple of, maybe it was a couple of years ago was um, create those like um, spaces within their store. Like there's yeah. an Apple place yeah. for Apple. And then there's a place for, I don't know, Samsung or whatever to give them retail space within their space. Yeah, exactly. That, and then they, they start, you know, I know Walmart and, uh, and Best Buy were one of the first big companies to start doing on, on in-store pickup, which nobody else was doing. Like right. they could do like, um, not in-store pickup, they like curbside, curbside pickup, yeah. right? Before yeah. anybody else was. And so they already had this, they had yeah, it they all did. worked That's out. Right. Yeah. Then when COVID hit and everybody went to it, they were already ahead of that because it was already taken care of. They had already built it out. So then they could just maximize it now when it happens. So that's why it's always about there. So the vision is about this. It's not about word or it's not about number. It's about this alignment with you and you, the vision is who you are and who and how you want to act every day. And that's, that starts to come out and that can come out in words or it can come out in a business sense. And you just start embodying that. I also, Yes. And I was going to say, I also just feel like it is, even if you're not a hundred percent, I mean, in theory, you should be in alignment with it. But to me, it's this, it is this, it's a creative vision. It's yes. like, it's what you want to create in yes. the world. And, and then you should be living it too. A classic example of that is just, well, what I mean by living is, is a couple of things, but classic example is Walt Disney in 1957 when he drew mm -hmm. out his famous Disney mm -hmm. before any, he had like no money and he was just moved to California and he drew out this entire theme parks, movies, mm -hmm. 16 millimeter film, cartoons, all that stuff. Right. And then he just started acting on it. He just started living it and started building it. Yes, right. Yes. And that's what I mean. It's just such a classic example of drawing this vision when he had nothing, mm -hmm. nothing. And now look at it. Just to amazing create, to create. I, I th maybe the Disney, this is specific to Disney world. And I think Caitlin just told us what this was, but um, his vision was to create the world's happiest place. Yes. Right. There's no number. 
There was no thing. Yeah. It didn't, there was no, it could have been Disney world. It could have been movies. It could have been a theme park. It could have been, um, a nature reserve, like who knows, but his goal was to create the world's happiest place. That's I'm glad you brought that up. The world's happiest place. Right. And so you have to be happy. Yeah. (laughs) You have to be excited about life and enthusiastic to create the world's happiest place. Right. And he just got the work on that. Mm -hmm. And he just built and how he did that was through theme parks parks and and movies. Exactly. Which then he has the goals of how to build that up. Oh, let's go Mm -hmm. build a theme park because that's going to contribute to happiness. Let's do that. Let's get cartoons. Two years. And then after we do that, we're going to roll out. Yes. One in California and one, you know, whatever. And he has, you know, ticket sales for theme parks, ticket sales for movies. Those are all the goals that go along with the overarching vision of it. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully people can see that the the difference between Steve Jobs and his simplicity of how he lived and that came through in his product and technology to Walt Disney of creating the happiest place on earth, right? And that came through in theme parks and different things. It just expressed itself that way. He drew it out there. Google is, you know, organizing all the world's information and how they do that for web servers and Amazon, everything, right? Just creating all that stuff. So you don't have to be any of these large companies. The the goal is to be able to understand what is mine. And and first, and I'm going to reiterate this though, just you have to be okay with what that is because there's going to be that that voice, that ego that tries to derail you of saying that can't be right. It needs to be bigger. It needs to be something different. It needs to be better. Or if you start living it out, just don't get caught up in thinking and reading a book and going, that person's vision is that I should probably go take theirs. You're just, no, you shouldn't. Maybe you should. If you're already in alignment with that and you see something that strengthens that, maybe right. you can take some of those it things. Gives and you a model to yes. follow. Yeah. Models are great for reaching goals. Yes. Models okay. are great Fair for enough. establishing yes. a vision of how people maybe did that. But models, you, you, you're the model. <laughs> you are the vision. Yeah. Right? But your, you, your vision may not be, we're not all special, right? Well, I mean, we like, are. Well, okay. <laughs> yes, I guess. Yes, we are, but we're not as unique as we may think. Yes, like our exactly. vision. Yes. I might have the same vision as 7,000 other people yes. in the country. Yes, of course. It doesn't make my vision less important. And they, I can follow their model of their vision. Yeah. Well, even just ours, like personal growth through business success, right? Yeah. We, we chose a podcast to be able to do that. We do this for our listeners, but we also do this for our 600 plus employees, mm-hmm. right? I mean, just, they know that part of it is just to be able to communicate effectively to them, right? Through all the things that we're living for them to share what it is about how we're living out to this vision, right? So you just, you take that and you keep, that's what I want people to focus on. So when they, when they be okay with the outcome, right? Then they sit down and start work doing the inner work to be more in alignment with that. And you, you don't need a roadmap for that. You just sit for a few minutes and start writing, start journaling, start doing or for a few years, for years. Yes. Honest. Yes. Well, I mean, I said, you just starts with a few minutes, yeah. then it just over time, you'll just naturally start orienting yourself and realizing, huh, the more inner work that I do, the easier the outer work is. And that's what the whole message is that the more, when I go all in depth about the inner work is because the more you go inward, the faster you go outward. It's like a bow. When you pull a bow back, the arrow goes much faster, the further back you pull it. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing here. The more inner work that you do, which is why we believe personal growth through business success, do the personal growth is the inner work mm-hmm. through business success is the outer work. How you accomplish the outer work is, a, is in, a, in how much fulfillment you have by accomplishing outer work is a direct reflection of how much inner work you're willing to do. And that's why we set up our processes every single day to force us to do some sort of inner work because it's hard. Just like Oprah said, it's this damn personal growth, right? Mm-hmm. I just love the way she said that. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. It's challenging. It wants to take you away. It doesn't feel like you're moving the needle forward, but you are because the easier, the more work you do inwardly, 
the easier the outwardly work does. It doesn't mean it's going to be exactly how you thought it was going to be. It just becomes easier because you're much more in alignment with everything. Hey, before you go today, if this two-part episode about casting the vision is really resonating with you, I want to invite you to join a free course that I'm hosting on January 12th. Actually, Hallie is going to jump in with me too, so we're super excited about that. It's called Cast the Vision, how to create a vision that moves you and also inspires others. We're gonna jump in and teach you how to write out your vision and how to actually articulate and communicate it in a way that makes sense to all of those around you, your family, your team, and the public. So you just get everybody aligned. And then we're gonna show you how to use that vision to actually attract the people you need in your life to actually help accomplish your vision. Again, that's January 12th from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And all you have to do is go to adamhergenrother.com slash events. Looking forward to seeing you there.